Good morning, and it's good to be back with you. And if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Psalm 122, and we'll start to read at verse 1. I rejoice with those who said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. That is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord, according to the statute given to Israel. There the thrones for judgment stand, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls, the security within your citadels. For the sake of my brothers and friends, I will say, Peace be with you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. Oh God, without his blessing, that reading of his word, let's just pray before we have a look at it. Father, we thank you for these psalms and we thank you that they have been such an encouragement to people ever since the time that they were written and right through to today. And we pray that we might be encouraged by the words we read this morning as we look at them together in your name. And in your name, we ask your blessing upon us. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, this is a, a psalm of David. It's also a psalm of ascents, one that would be sung as the travellers went up to Jerusalem. Now, this is one of the psalms that David wrote. David, who was king of Israel. And at the time, Jerusalem was the capital. The temple had not yet been built, but the Ark of the Covenant was there. The nation was united and at the times of the three main festivals, that's Passover, uh, Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles, those who lived away from Jerusalem would travel to the city and join with those living in Jerusalem so that they could worship as a nation. And some of these people would travel many, many miles, and as they did, they would encourage each other by the singing of these psalms. David loved to worship God. We know that from our Bibles. And in Psalm 27, in verse 4, he said this, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Now, that's not the psalm we're looking at, but I want you to remember those words. We might look at them a little bit later on. But for our psalm this morning, Psalm 122, and it is a call to others to do as David does and to do it whenever the opportunity arises. Now, David lived in Jerusalem, but those who live far away would be glad to sing this psalm as they travel to the city. For some, this might have been a, a once-in-a-year opportunity, and they would sing in anticipation of their arrival at Jerusalem. The faithful were answering the invitation. And now, in this psalm, it's as though they have arrived at Jerusalem. So let's listen to verse 1 of Psalm 122. And this is David speaking. 
I rejoice with those who said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. So David in this psalm has been encouraged, encouraged to worship the Lord. And he is encouraging others. And he's encouraging them to do what God has already called them to do. And he reminds them of the command that God gave to the people of Israel in the wilderness. Now we need to go to Exodus 23 and just briefly look at verse 14. Because there God said to the people three times a year, you are to celebrate a festival with me. And then a little bit further on in Deuteronomy chapter 16 and verse 16, this is what we read. Three times a year, all your men must appear before the Lord, your God, at the place where he will choose. At the festival of unleavened bread, the festival of weeks and the festival of tabernacles. Now they are, as we mentioned, the festivals of Passover, the festival of Pentecost and the festival of tabernacles. But notice in that little passage there in Deuteronomy, it's God who would choose the place where this would happen. And in Deuteronomy 15, verse 5 and 9, this is what it says. You are to seek the place the Lord your God will choose from among all your tribes to put his name there for his dwelling place. To that place you must go there. Bring your burnt offerings and sacrifices, your tithes, your special gifts, what you have vowed to give, and your freewill offerings, and the firstborn of your herbs and flocks. There, in the presence of the Lord your God, you and your family shall eat and shall rejoice in everything you have put your hand to, because the Lord your God has blessed you. That's what they had to do. Now, for us in our day, it's difference. We don't have to go on a pilgrimage. We don't have to go to a particular place. We don't have to go to Jerusalem. We don't have to do that in order to meet the Lord. Why? Because for us in our day, he is here with us. I want to skip over to the New Testament, to Matthew's Gospel. And in 28, verse 19 to 20. Therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This was the commission from Jesus given to his disciples with the promise that he would always be with them. And this was the promise that when you come to Christ, when you accept Jesus as your Saviour, you have the gift of the Holy Spirit. We are, at the moment, in a position where we're not able to meet in our church building. But we can still meet with God whenever and wherever we are. Let's go back to our travellers on their way to Jerusalem. And as they arrive, as I said at the beginning, it appears that they've arrived at the city gates because in verse 2 we read these words, Our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem. So now they're standing at the gates of the city and their anticipation of what is ahead causes them to rejoice. And as they look, through the gates they will take in the sights of the city and they will see how impressive it is. But it's not just the city 
that is impressive. On this occasion, it is the people. In verse 3, Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. The people were also together as one. Because of the coronavirus, we might not be able to visit many different cities. We might not be able to go on holiday this year as we couldn't last year. But when we do, we always notice if we go into a new city, two things. One, the buildings and the people. It's like that when people come to Liverpool um, and they say, they say about the buildings, it's a really good place. And then they say about the people. Fortunately for us, they say the people are very welcoming and friendly. And here, these people are impressed with Jerusalem, the buildings and the people. They're expecting a welcome of togetherness. This welcome awaits them. It is a place where at the time of David, the people were united together. And we're trusting in God. Verse 4 of our psalm. That is where the tribes go, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord according to the statutes given to Israel. We've already looked at those statutes. That's what we read in Exodus and Deuteronomy. But we're going to consider just for a few moments the history of the nation of Israel as we read in our Bibles. The people from the 12 tribes of Israel would meet in the city of Jerusalem. And on this occasion, it's at the time of David the king. The temple would not be built yet. The tabernacle would be there, but the temple would later be built by Solomon in his reign. And the people will still be united. But eventually, over a period of time, the nation would split. The nation would go into exile. The temple would be destroyed. During those times, the people of Israel would sing these songs, longing for the time when they could return to Jerusalem. And they would eventually, as a nation, return to Jerusalem. The temple would be rebuilt, and the songs would again be sung as they travelled to Jerusalem. But on these occasions now, only by the faithful few. We know also... As we look back, the day would come when Jesus himself, the Messiah, the promised one of God, would be in that city. And sadly, he would see the state of the city and he would weep over Jerusalem. We read that in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 23 and verse 37. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stoned those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. And you were not willing. Let's go back to Psalm 122. Let's go back to these people who are standing at the gates of the city in, in great anticipation. Verse 5. There stand the thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. So they knew that this was the, the city where David reigned. But it was also the city where they could meet with the one who is the Lord, who is the King of Kings. And then in verse 6, David in his psalm says, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. 
You know, David, in his song, he quite rightly calls for prayer. He's asking prayer for peace in Jerusalem. And he knows that without the Lord's presence, the city would be just another city. In verse 7, he continues the prayer, May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. What does he mean by that? Well, David knows that the walls are a means of defense. The citadel is a fortress. And this defense and these fortresses are needed to fend off the enemy. But David also knows the necessity that there needs to be more. He also knows that the real defender, the protector of the people of the city is the Lord. And he knows that without him, the city would fall. He goes on in his prayer, verse 8. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, peace be with you. David calls for prayer for the protection of the Lord's people. And in verse 9, For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek prosperity. This prosperity is not materialism. It is spiritual, that they might prosper in the Lord and with the Lord. And David knows the importance of seeking the Lord. When David wrote this psalm, times were good. David was king, the nation was united, and the people were able to sing this song as they celebrated Passover, Pentecost, and the tabernacles in Jerusalem. As we follow the nation of Israel through the Old Testament, we see at the time of captivity in Babylon, the Israelites would have sung this song along with others as they look back remembering better times. And as they, at the same time, look forward to better times, to times of freedom and a chance to worship again in Jerusalem. The time came when these songs could be sung as people travelled to Jerusalem to worship together. And this song again would be sung with with joy and anticipation. And as we've mentioned, the time came when the Lord came to Jerusalem, that is Jesus. And on that occasion, the people rejected him. And as we read earlier in Matthew's gospel, he spoke these words, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who have killed the prophets and stole those sent to you, how often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you are not willing He was and is the Messiah, the promised one who would bring salvation to the nation. And they would no longer have to journey to the temple to be with God. Jesus was God, God with them. As he is with us. He is with us today. And like those in Jerusalem, many sadly are still rejecting him. Don't be one of the many. Be among those who accept Jesus as their saviour. We can learn a lot from this psalm as 
we see that the Lord is with us and that he calls us to himself. Just as he was calling them to worship in Jerusalem, Jesus calls us to himself. Listen to his words. The words for us this morning. Back in Matthew's Gospel, 11 verse 28, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You know, we are all burdened by sin. We are all weary. And we do need to come to Jesus. In John 14 verse 6, this is what Jesus said. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is the message for us today. We don't have to go to him. He has come to us and he calls us to himself. I just want to remind you of the words from the Christmas story, the words to Mary before the birth of Jesus. A promise was given and that promise is also for us, which we receive when Jesus comes into our lives. This is Luke 1 verse 14. This is what he said to Mary. This is what he says to us. He, that is Jesus, will be a joy and delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth. Are you rejoicing this morning? I praise the God that you are. You know, we can know that joy when we answer his call to come to him. As Paul said in Romans, Romans 10 verse 9, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then we can look back with thanks. And then we can look forward in anticipation to the time when we will be able to meet again freely and openly in our own building. But more than that, we can look forward in anticipation to the new Jerusalem where we will receive our welcome into God's kingdom from the one who is the King of Kings. First to finish with, from Revelation 21 verse 2. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautiful, dressed for her husband. Our journey is towards being able to meet together in the Lord's presence as we enjoy fellowship in our church buildings, but this is only part of our greater journey towards the new Jerusalem. In the meantime, we know that Jesus is with us. I want to finish with a couple of other references to the Psalms. Psalm 23, the Psalm of David. I want to just read you the first and the, the end of this psalm. And this is what we can say as David could say. The Lord is my shepherd and I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. This is the journey we're on. But listen to what he says at the end of that psalm in verse 6. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
remember those words that I mentioned from Psalm 27? And I said, just bear in mind, we might refer to them. We will, and we're going to finish with them now. This is what David said. This is what we should say. Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. This is the temple in the New Jerusalem. Father, we just thank you for your word. And we just pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll help us to understand it. To come to the point, if we've not already done so, to accept you as our Saviour. And if we have, yes, to look forward to the time when we can meet together in our own church building. But more than that, when we can meet together with you in the new Jerusalem. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.